What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 207 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Sanderson. I sure do appreciate you all tuning in. Butcher, baker, gin and tonic maker. This is the tagline on the website of this week's guest, Edmonton-based butcher Elise Chatterton. Elise is a classically trained English butcher who started working in the trade under the guidance of her family at the age of 15. She recently appeared on the Food Network show Wall of Bakers, and this autumn will be a part of Team Canada at the World Butchers Challenge in Sacramento, California. Enjoy the talk. We had a great conversation. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by the Motley Q 2022 Competition Bounty Program. For the last couple of years, Motley Q's amazing products have been winning awards in multiple sauce and seasoning contests, like the best sauce on the planet. Competition barbecue cooks have also been receiving calls using Motley Q products at competitions all over the world, so this year Big Joe and Jess are looking to add to the winning. In 2022, when you use Motley Q products and win a category or a GC, you'll get some extra jangle in your pockets. It's as simple as this. Use Motley Q products in a sanctioned competition, take some pictures or video as proof. When you win a category or GC, email Motley Q the proof and they will send you $250 as a bonus for continuing the winning. They will most likely do a post about your win, but will not share any pictures or videos that you don't want out there. Your secrets are safe with them. Visit Motley Q, that's www.motleyque.ca, and click on the Barbecue Bounty Program tab at the top of the screen to get all of the details. Welcome, everybody, another episode of the podcast. Uh, doing this podcast for the last four years, I've learned, uh, I've had the opportunity to feature and talk to a number of Calgary butchers, and I feel that for m- lots of people, uh, the butchery portion is the missing link between uh, the meat and how it gets to your table, and a lot of folks don't think to, about it and uh, uh, through doing that and uh, having my oldest child just recently graduate from butchery school and now working in the business, I really do have grown to appreciate that side of things, and I'm really excited to have one of the best in the business here in Canada. Uh, from Edmonton, Elise Chatterton uh, with me here today. Elise, uh, thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. A pleasure to be on this podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, question I'll ask everybody, and we'll get to that. Get you that was uh, what does barbecue mean to you? Um, so I love I love all food. Um, kind of events and sort of competitions. Um, and I've been lucky enough to be involved with the Porkapalooza yes. Barbecue Festival yeah. here for the last kind of like five years. I would do the demos on the food stage. Yeah. And then I had the opportunity to join um, the actual board. And I'm mm-hmm. the vice chairman of the board. Wonderful. Um, so, yeah, we just uh, – competition was two weeks ago. Yeah. And I love it. Like, I love that – it's kind of like continuation of my passion. So I love the meat and Mm -hmm. how it gets to the customer. And then these barbecue guys, they take it and they turn it into something fabulous over a weekend. So yeah, I feel like the two fit quite nicely together. Absolutely. Yeah. As I said, not everybody always, people don't always think about uh, that step of the thing, right. Of the, of the process. But uh, I think largely, especially the competition barbecue people do, because it, when you're spending the money to compete and all the rest of it, you want to make sure you're getting a, a, a good, well-butchered product. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty vital, obviously, yes, that it's uh, it's the way it's supposed to be. Yes. I, I spoke to many teams and things weren't cut quite right and mm-hmm. things weren't good. And yeah, it can obviously make the difference between winning and losing. Yes, for sure. Uh, a little yeah. bit about your, uh, your background. Uh, obviously, uh, Edmonton isn't home for you. Uh, no, well, Origi- it, it has been for the last yeah. 11 years. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're picking up on a slight accent. A little bit. Um, there, yeah, yeah, so I'm from the northwest of England originally. My okay. family are dairy and sheep farmers there. Okay. And a butcher actually married into our family. Mm. And we started a butcher shop. Um, and I started working there when I was... 14. So mm-hmm. I started training as a butcher a long time ago, just because they were short staffed and they needed some help. And I realized that it was something I thoroughly enjoyed doing. Yeah. Um, we moved to Edmonton 11 years ago. They offered okay. my husband a job here and they flew us out in January to have a look round. And we still came. Well, so it, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember thinking that we couldn't land at the airport because I couldn't see a runway. Everything mm-hmm. was just white with yep. snow everywhere. So, um, so yeah. And then I fell back into being a butcher here. Okay. Um, and I've worked a few different places. And then a few, well, it would be 2019. I was selected to be a member of the Canadian butcher team who will mm-hmm. be competing at the World Butcher Challenge in should have been 2020, but obviously right, nothing okay. good happened in 2020. And yeah, yeah. um, so September of this year, we'll go to Sacramento to That's... compete against butchers from around the world. Yeah, I've got that on my notes here to chat about a bit. So that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so uh, you said you got into it at a fairly young age, 14. You said. Um, yeah. Previous to that, uh, I'm guessing butchery is probably not what. What you grew up thinking you wanted to do? Uh... No, no. I, I, you know, I, I knew I couldn't be on the farm. There was okay. too many other people in my family who would take that, you know, the okay. job. Um, so I kind of, I don't know. I really did fall into it. Mm-hmm. I was, I was supposed to go to college and do art graphic design okay. and just never showed up. Um, just stayed at the butcher shop. Um, I'd worked in kitchens quite a bit. My family, my mom actually owned a cafe. Um, so I kind of grew up in a kitchen as well. So, um, very food kind of background. Yeah, but yeah the minute I started working as a butcher, I just realized how much I loved it. And I, I love that every day was different. Um, like I was fascinated by the shape of bones and how mm-hmm. they sit together and how to take them out. And so in the UK, we it's seam butchery that we do. Okay. So using the natural lines right. and the natural joins in between um, and just using hand tools. Mm-hmm. I, I never even used a bandsaw until I came to Canada. Oh, wow. um, so, so, yeah, it's a really good style of butchery to know because yeah. you can teach it to people that they can do it in their own homes without having to have a lot of special equipment right. and kit. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was, I was doing a little research uh, there today, and it, it mentioned that you're a, an English butcher, a classically trained English butcher. So is that what that means, The using the, the seams? Seam butchery. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, everything's hand tools. So you Mm -hmm. use a bone saw to go through all bones apart from the spine in which you would use a cleaver to go through. Um, and that's, you can basically break every animal from start to finish, just using those tools and obviously your knives as well. Yeah. Take a little more, uh, muscle, uh, goes into it than with those tools and the bandsaw, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. But it does, it is sometimes a lot easier as well because you are following natural lines. You know, you are, you are, sort of less resistance, you know, like okay. when you're pushing everything through a bandsaw, you're usually going through quite a lot more bone because okay. you're usually taking things slightly off the angle. So you kind of like running through those rib bones and it's kind of a bit more work anyway. So okay. the seam butchery, it isn't as difficult as it sounds. Right. When you're going through bone, you'd be closer more to the joints and sort of that sort yeah. of thing then. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, and then in Edmonton, where are you working now? 
So I work at a butcher shop um, called Papa Witch Meat Company. It's, yeah, not far away from West Edmonton Mall. Um, Just opened, um, I want to say just over two years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, Mike Papa Witch, the owner, um, had a completely different career, decided he wanted to Opened a butcher shop, went okay. to the Olds to do the Olds training program. Okay, yep. um, and then, yeah, I started working there when it first opened, and mm-hmm. I'm still there now. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Uh, we, we have, in Alberta, we do seem to have some fantastic training programs, and you can probably speak to that a little bit. I mentioned in the intro, my daughter just graduated uh, from SATE here in Calgary. And nice. she, she's out in PEI working at a butcher shop there now, so... Uh, oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, we so, have got some excellent programs. So mm-hmm. Nate and Sate. Yeah. Um, I would say Old is probably a more of an intense kind of longer right. program yes. and teaches the full retail side as well as the full slaughter side, yes. which is excellent. Like yeah. to have that here in Alberta is actually amazing. So yeah. and they they're just about to open um a new facility there. Mm-hmm. Um so like a brand new space, new cutting rooms, okay. new handling systems awesome. for the slaughter program. So yeah, yeah excellent. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Jillian had mentioned a lot, a number of the students that she was with at SATE uh, were registered next year to go to Olds to do the slaughter side of things. So get the, uh, get that end of it too. So yeah. And yeah. Uh, when she was talking to shops on the East coast, a lot, they were all familiar and recognized the SATE, the SATE program. So uh, Excellent. Gr- great really to good. see that recognition uh, for those programs outside of the outside of Alberta. So, yeah, because obviously in Canada there isn't a there isn't an actual qualification mm-hmm. that is like known as like a red seal, like okay. chef yep. or something like that. We don't have that here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, we do have certain things in the UK. There are okay. apprenticeship programs that you yeah. can take, and obviously to call yourself a master butcher in the UK mm-hmm. is like, it's actually a qualification. It's an exam you take and then right. you pay a subscription to keep that. So I'm always keen to say I'm a classically trained English butcher, <laughs> not, not uh, a master uh, butcher. Uh, yes. um, there are a few places here in Alberta that they do call their butchers master butchers, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually mean what it means not in the, the UK. S- not the same thing. Yeah. Not the same thing. Yeah. So uh, barbecue talk, uh, you how did you get involved? You mentioned it briefly at the beginning there, uh, Porkapalooza. Talk about your involvement with them a little uh, little further. Yeah, so it's kind of like a dual interest. So my, mm-hmm. my plan is we don't have any butcher competitions here in Alberta. Mm-hmm. So in Ontario, mm-hmm. they have what's called Ontario's Finest Butcher. So right. every year they have this competition where mm-hmm. people can compete against each other. And we don't have anything here mm-hmm. in Alberta. Yep. And obviously, I am a member of the Canadian Butcher team. Yes. And someone's going to have to come and take my place on that team I, at some point. I guess you're, uh, you're have, the top Alberta then, right? So, you know what I mean? If we don't have a competition here to inspire our young butchers to that like competition, then nothing's going to happen. So Mm. the best way to make something happen is obviously to put yourself on the board and make it happen. So last year I started, um, it was the first ever sausage competition. Okay. We actually had a butcher from Calgary who actually came, Wes Walker from Master Meats came. Okay. I know the shop. Yeah. Competed. Yeah. So then... It's going to happen again this year, mm-hmm. but under the umbrella of Porkapalooza. So the okay. plan will be to pair um, sausage makers, butchers with barbecue teams ah. who will cook those sausages and sample them live. Nice. Um, we obviously, last year, the last time we did it, we just had one team doing everything and kind of sampling. It was a bit mm-hmm. crazy because yeah. uh, I think we had 11 different sausages. So, yes, yeah, so yeah. I want... so. I, it's kind of like dual purpose, basically. Mm-hmm. So I want to incorporate some butcher competitions in um, with the barbecue 
teams mm. um, because it's the same audience. It's the, the people who love meat are the people who love barbecue. So mm. the two go hand in hand. And I just, I love, I love the intricacies of the barbecue competitions. Mm. I just find them so fascinating. Yep. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, we were just talking. I was in uh, Bassano this past weekend for the small town smoke down uh, out there. So it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, a unique experience as you've, no, being involved with Porkapalooza, just uh, yeah, for uh, sure, a great community and uh, a fun time, of course. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, great. and I just love like all the differences in sort of like obviously the rules have changed slightly this year for the Kansas City Barbecue Society mm-hmm. that they can pre-trim some of their meat. And a little bit. Yeah. It's obviously the, the discussion about whether the money muscle stays mm-hmm. in or whether yeah. it comes out. And yeah. you know, I was talking to quite a few different teams, and that's the sort of stuff I love. Mm-hmm. I love learning about how a different group of people needs their meat cut. So mm. it's very specific. Yes. So, you know, whether the ribs are cut, so in Canada, the way they're cut, yeah. the bones are on the angle. So you have to kind of cut it almost on an angle to make it the right the shape straighter. so that the bones are straight. And yeah. So yeah, I, I love learning all those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it is different. Yeah. And we've had, you know, as a team, we're just a second year team, but even that we ran into that last year, uh, got got ribs from somebody, and yeah, it wasn't quite what we were what we were after. And you know, not that that makes him a bad butcher. He's just not familiar with the competition side of things, right? So, totally. Uh, and you would, as a butcher, yeah. you would never know that yeah. that's how the team wanted it. And perhaps yeah. as a team, you wouldn't know how to ask for that. Yes, exactly. And to be so. fair, you'd probably have to end up buying the whole side section anyway because mm-hmm. to pull them straight, you're yeah. kind of ruining then your, the line on your pork chops. And yeah. so yeah, it's. Um, it's nice for me as a butcher to know exactly what my customer wants. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you, and I know if, I've seen a few teams that do uh, come into Pop Witch. Do you see a lot of that, the comp teams coming in there? and? Yeah, uh, and probably stuff, a little so. bit more now that they know I work there, maybe. Yeah. I don't know yeah. whether they, they know that I know what they're asking for now. Yeah. So, yeah, and we, do, we have done some special things for the teams, like, out of it, like before this evening season even started, they were doing some experiments with some like the ribs with a bit more meat on there, yeah. so we can bring in specific things mm-hmm. and make that work. So, and obviously, there's the debate over the Wagyu brisket yes. whether it's worth the price tag or not, or does it yeah. make it too soft? <laughs> does it change the texture too much when it's cooked? So, yeah. so yeah, it is, it's uh fascinating, mm-hmm. but yeah, like the whole money muscle yeah. conversation. I, I just think it, I think it dries out when it's taken out completely. Yeah. We, uh, so cook- yeah. we again, that's the word we're still new. Uh, we pull it off during the partway through the cook. Yeah. So Which I think is the safest method. Yeah. Cause I think it gets a good crust on there when it's been in the mm-hmm. smoker on its yeah. own, but I think it goes yeah. a bit dry. Yeah. We trim it, trim it away, not completely mm-hmm. off. So you get more of a, more of the crust around more of the meat and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Partway through. I hope I'm not giving away too many secrets. My teammates are gonna. <laughs> okay, this is the hilarious. Me. So one of the one of my, the so at Porkapalooza, my job was to I'm the the team's point of contact. Okay. So we have we have some competing members on our board, yes, and then uh, we have yeah. people like me who are just there yeah. purely as a volunteer. R- Russell um, did Russell did well this weekend. I don't know if you've talked to him, but uh, no, I haven't actually. Yeah, I haven't spoken a, to him. They had a good weekend. I know. So. I spoke to Ron on Friday just before he went down, yeah, and yeah. It, they were hoping to do well. Yes, they, they did, did really well at yeah, Porkapalooza too. I, yeah, I don't remember their results off the top of my head, but uh, no, and they got a one eighty pin in the ancillary competition oh, as well nice. yeah yeah, yeah gave two away the, uh, saw some of the pictures from that honey uh 
ancillary out there and that looked uh looked pretty amazing that was so. that was the one so i'm the person who takes all the pictures so i sneak around oh, nice. and talk to the teams and take all the pictures and i always make sure i ask and say you know mm. am i okay to take a picture sure. are there any secrets yes and yeah. every barbecue team always says we don't have any secrets oh, none at all. and i'm like you're none such liars <laughs> you've all got secrets yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah fifth place overall uh, for russell and uh his team. Oh, that's so, excellent. Yes. Really yeah, good. They had a good, they had a good weekend. So nice. Awesome. Good. So uh, moving on from barbecue competition to another comp- competition, you mentioned the world, uh, butcher challenge, uh, coming up Sacramento and pushed off a bit and you're part of team Canada. So talk about how that came to be and, uh, looking online, this is the first year that Canada puts a team in. Indeed. Yeah. So it's 16 teams from around the world. Um, it's a team of six of us. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of essentially you have two breakers two trimmers and two finishers um the competition is a side of beef a side of pork a lamb and five chickens and we have to take it from rail to full counter Mm -hmm. um we get judged on the cookability the creativity um all those sorts of things um we also get judged on how much we don't have on the table so they weigh the trim that is left over and then you lose points for anything that you don't incorporate into your display okay um we have to have a theme for our display and it all has to get judged as to whether it fits in that theme so yeah it's a lot to take in and it's Mm -hmm. a lot for a new team not knowing what it's going to be like so you know we have three hours and 15 minutes which sounds like you have lots of time but Mm -hmm. you really don't it Mm -hmm. like it goes so so quickly so I did. Um, I filmed actually a TV show for Food Network yes. um, last year, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking because we had forty minutes on the clock, and it almost felt like someone snapped their fingers and the time was over. Yeah. And I kind of told the rest of the team, I was like, three hours and fifteen <laughs> minutes when the pressure on yeah. is nothing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah, so it's you've got myself um, and another butcher from Edmonton on the team, Corey Meyer from okay. Acme Meats, right. um, uh, Taryn Barker from BC, and then the rest of the guys are actually from Ontario. Ontario. So okay. yeah. yeah. Wonderful. And yeah. How, how, what was the process to get on the team? What was that? Uh, how did that all come about? Yeah. So initially we had to send our CV in and just some information about ourselves. And Mm -hmm. then we, if we were selected, you were then asked to do a series of video and photo kind of challenges. Mm -hmm. So it was trimming up a prime rib. It was breaking down a chicken. It was doing something with lamb. I think we had to do a pork. I feel like it was a leg or something like there was all these different challenges that we Mm -hmm. kind of had to do. And then Peter Barder, who is our team captain, um, he was the one who selected the team. Um, so yeah. And then, cause he, he's competed in the Ontario's finest butcher and he's no longer allowed to compete because he's won it too many times. Uh, They've uh, Um, grandfathered him out, have they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think if somebody else wins it three times, he's allowed to come back, but at the moment he's he's banned. So he was the one who (laughs) kind of put all this together and put the bid forward for Canada to enter a team. So yeah. I was going to ask, is there sort of a, a group organization behind the Canadian team or is it just basically Peter that's done this and yeah well Peter did it with the Ontario independent I think meat I can't exact I don't even okay. remember the exact but it's basically Ontario's kind of meat board right is okay with the the ones behind us as well so Excellent. we needed a not-for-profit to help us enter so yes. so yeah but we've had like we have lots of um different supporters mm-hmm. um Canada beef 
Canada pork, um, Doland Foods, Hollanders, which is a mm-hmm. um, a family owned like shops in Ontario. Uh, yeah, they support it does massively that. as well. So yeah, and we have like Malabar is one of our sponsors, um, which all our seasonings come from. Okay. So like without those people, we would never have been able to to get to where we are. So right. it's about. I think we worked out it costs between ten and fourteen thousand dollars every time we practice. Wow. Just in flights, accommodation, yeah, yeah. the proteins. We try and practice twice when we're there. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of meat. And yeah. we either raffle it off or um, it sometimes gets sold in the shops where we practice as well. Okay. So it's quite an undertaking to uh, put no together doubt. a practice. No doubt. So you mentioned one of the judging categories was creativity. Yes. So where does that come in in butchery? To me, to me it's very cut and dry so, not to use a pun yeah a lot of value add a value right, added okay, products okay. you know rolling things in sort of that ready to cook market that mm, like okay, yeah. is very important now in mm, the butcher industry yes. you know like covid taught a lot of people how to cook because mm, yes. they had no option mm-hmm. um and now there is this this massive market of obviously people who are very busy they still want to shop local they still want to support their butcher but they want something that's ready to go in the oven mm-hmm. so the value add side of it is massive so yes. that's a massive part of our uh, butcher display is you know we all, we're only putting things on our display that we would all be 100% happy to sell in mm-hmm. the butcher shops um so yeah that's kind of right. what we're doing we're also taking some inspiration from dishes across the whole of Canada as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got quite a vast range of, of things that we can include, probably more so than other countries. So, so yeah. More coming from butcher Elise Chatterton on the World Butcher's Challenge, competition, barbecue, and more. But first, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Pitt County Barbecue, who is bringing authentic North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue north of the border to Alberta in Canada. Based out of Edmonton with the ability to travel, Pitt County Barbecue will come to your event and cook an entire pig on site using their custom-built cooker designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zakuski. Specializing in corporate catering and private events, Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. From North Carolina chopped barbecue pork to Piedmont-style coleslaw, trust me when I say you've never tasted anything like this before. The meat is so good you don't even need sauce. Peter is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second to none. From delicious food to amazing customer service, make sure to book Pitt County Barbecue for your next event. Also, check out their recent web series, Friends of the Pit, on YouTube, and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. While you're there, check out some of the wonderful events Peter and the Pitt County crew are holding in the Edmonton area this summer. To book your event, visit their website at pittcountybbq.com. That's P-I-T-T-C-O-U-N-T-Y-B-B-Q.com. So I know talking, or not so much talking, but listening to uh, podcasts, barbecue-related podcasts from outside of Canada and North America, I guess, the cuts are sometimes different, right? The cuts that you would have in England and Australia, say, or South America compared to what we have are used to here in North America are different. So in something like this, does that come into play or do you just do what you would, I guess, are you told what cuts you need to make from that side of beef or? No. no? So we, we don't have any indication as to what we have to do with it. We can do whatever we could, we could bone it all out and turn it all into sausages if we really wanted to. We do have to make sausages. Okay. Um, But yeah, it's complete. Obviously every country will have a slightly different, 
Mm-hmm. method yeah. i had to relearn a few different names when i moved here right. yeah. um obviously the muscles muscles don't change um but the names of them were very different when i moved here and also the the, the style of cooking here you know we braise a lot of things in the uk we don't mm. really barbecue that mm. often because it's always raining yeah. um so yeah like it's uh, yeah it's very very different so so yeah we i think the juniors we have two junior members who are competing as okay. well on a different day okay they have some specific cuts that they have to get from their they're told some things that they have to do right. whereas us we can literally do whatever we like so it's, you know so the 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 entries i guess from different countries will look different absolutely so every country has a judge okay. so you'll get judged by every other country's judge other than your own basically I see. okay yeah. so that's how it works so you'll you'll obviously have you know butchers from mm-hmm. other countries looking at our display going that's right. not what that's called and yeah. that's not <laughs> so yeah it should be quite interesting i'm sure they've seen it before though right if you're indeed if, yeah if they're judging at that level they've uh you'd hope so yeah you'd hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i wonder that about the barbecue judges sometime <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, you see, this yeah, is the thing, isn't it? Yeah. This is the big rivalry between the teams and the judges. So I have to admit, at Porkapalooza, that was something that I found quite fascinating. So I, I was in the actual room with the judges at certain points mm. of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And to watch them judge, like, it's it's a weird process. Like, yeah. the, the silence, mm. they have to kind of eat in that weird silence mm-hmm. to start off with, with, yeah. like, the table captain staring at them, which yeah. I found very strange. <laughs> and I'd be a terrible judge. I have no poker face whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd be telling me to shush constantly. Mm-hmm. I'd be terrible. Um, but it's the problem is, like, it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we, we encouraged our judges to fill out comment cards, which obviously they don't have to, yep. um, but it, it helps the teams massively, yes. particularly new teams. And I think we had... Mm-hmm. Eight, at least eight new teams competing yeah. at Porkapalooza. Yeah. Um, so we asked them for comment cards, and I was I was stapling the comment cards to the results at the end. And one was saying it was great color, perfect sweetness, and then the next comment card was it's too sweet. And it's like yeah, you will always have that. that there is tough, no yeah. perfect bite of barbecue mm-hmm. that I don't know. Well, maybe there is. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's what we're all chasing, yeah. but everybody's taste is so subjective yeah. so it's a tough one yeah there was a wayne a 180 in brisket yesterday oh yes. and that's difficult because brisket is i would say one of the hardest categories yeah. Wait, they didn't like our brisket oh did they not no. or did they did they was it a text you think uh, i don't even know exactly I, I can see where some of it looking back now what uh i can see why some of it but yeah we had a, we had a great weekend otherwise so yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and I feel like every every team has its like white whale. They have something that yeah. eludes them. Like yeah. and brisket seems to be a tough one, I would yeah, say, for most is. of yeah. the teams. Because yeah. it can't be too soft, but it has to do the tender yeah, yeah. the pull test yeah. and yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a fine line there, exactly like you said. There is a fine line. Yeah. yeah. I tasted some like I read some of the comment cards and mm. I, I think a lot of it was down to texture. Mm-hmm. That is, that's, that's what we're learning. Okay. Very basic, plain flavors. Texture is the main thing. It's yeah. pretty key, yeah. isn't yeah. it? You don't want yeah. it dull, but you don't want it too, too much on the flavor side either. Down, no. down the middle, but texture is, is the main thing. That, that's for all the meats. So. Yeah. And like yeah. we had a, we had, I think we had a team that, um, they were penalized for having something in their sauce yes. that was bigger than yeah. is it a quarter inch i think a quarter or an eighth inch or something okay yeah, yeah. i know yeah, ken and brenda had the ruler yeah. out ready yeah. 
So yeah, serious stuff. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot to think about. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Uh, (laughs) Something else you made mention of was uh, Food Network. You had uh, an appearance on uh, on Food Network recently. I did. The Wall Wall of Bakers. So that was fascinating. Yes, Mm -hmm. I I I joke saying I'm now a butcher, baker, Mm -hmm. and gin and tonic maker. Yes, that's also on my my notes here. (laughs) So yeah, it was super fun. a very strange experience because it was in the middle of COVID. Mm. Um, so as much as we look like we're all close and everything's normal, it really wasn't normal. Um, but that 45 minute episode, yeah. I was on set for 16 hours. Oh goodness. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's quite a process. Yes. Um, and obviously it's interesting to see the behind the scenes and the, the prep, you know, you do the the run to the kitchen and you'd have to do it four or five times. And the only thing that is a hundred percent accurate is when the timer starts, mm-hmm. the timer is going. Yeah. 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 I know a number of people sure. who have been on uh, fire masters. Yes. Over Janice was on there. Yeah. I, I haven't watched it yet. So don't spoil no, it. No, me neither. It just me all, neither. Yeah. It was on last night and uh, another guy from Edmonton was on that same Peter, episode. Yeah. Peter, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. PVR'd that one. So we'll be uh, catching so, up and. I, I think it's like a slippery slope. It's like tattoos. You don't mm-hmm. just get one. Yeah. I feel like competition is the same. So like I would totally enter another now mm-hmm. knowing what I know yeah. from the first one. Yeah. Um, but I, my, my main goal of going on there was to try and convince them. So I don't know if you saw that American show, the butcher mm-hmm. where they yes. had butchers competing. I, I've seen a show. I don't know if it was that one. exactly. Okay. But yeah. We need the, we need a Canadian yeah. version. We yeah. need Canadian butchers. Mm-hmm. So I was basically pitching that idea to anybody who would listen to me at the food network. <laughs> That's what I did all day long. Awesome. How did that come about? Is that something you applied for? Did somebody reach out to you? Oh, so I actually, they actually reached out to me and asked me to apply. And it was like, it's a crazy process to apply because you'll literally get an email from them saying, we want you to make a video um, of making something. Oh, and we need it in two days. Or, you know, you have to ask all, answer all these questions and we need it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I think they're almost kind of testing your ability to do things in a quick time. I think like they're preparing you. I'm just going to take this earring out. I think it keeps banging into the side of my uh, headphones. Here we go. There we go. That's better. (laughs) Technical stuff. Technical stuff. Yeah. And what was the, how, how long a time frame from that application to when you were actually there filming? uh, What was that? uh, Just a few months. Yeah. I feel like, I think we had like three months to kind of practice and, and, they kind of gave you an indication as to what sort of recipes you might need to prepare. And you were allowed to write them on little index cards that would go underneath your, but you had, the only thing you do know is you, we knew what we were cooking in the first round. Okay. And then the rest, you have no idea. They just drop it on you and then you go. So similar to that fire masters where that, that first round signature dish. Yeah. You can, you've got that ahead of time and then you've practiced it. Yes. Totally. Yeah. And I, I I'd said to myself, I didn't want to be one of those people that was running around the kitchen like a crazy person, but I was totally running around the kitchen yeah. like a crazy person. Yeah. I think they set it up in a way that it makes you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the fresh ingredients are all the way over there. The blast chillers all the way over there. The ovens are behind you. So you do, you are moving around. Yeah, but the, yeah. the, the running makes for good TV, right? So. It does make for good TV. Yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh, gin and tonic. What's, uh, 
Is that just a hobby or anything? Yeah. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah. You, you might see uh, you, the folks on TV can't see it, but behind me here, you might see, uh, you'll see a little portion of my wife's oh, gin collection. Oh, I do collection. see some gin up there. That's, I see uh, a bottle of Hendrix. <laughs> yeah, and, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my wife's uh, collection up there, part of it. Very nice. I feel like I need a t-shirt that says, though, that's I was drinking great... it before it was cool. Ah, there, yeah. Because it's cool now. It like is. when we first moved here, I remember like, like looking for the gin aisle in mm-hmm. the liquor store and yes. it was just like this little sliver yeah. of a shelf. Bombay, and now yeah. it obviously has its own yes. vast yeah. island. Yeah. So like I just, I do, I, I do enjoy gin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you ask my children what time it is, they mm. say it's gin o'clock. Oh, nice. And I was up a ladder once and I really did need to know what time it was. And I was asking my son, what time is it? And he's like, it's gin o'clock. I'm like, no, no, no. Seriously. What time is it? It's gin o'clock. I'm like, oh, what have I I done? What have I done? I've created a monster. That's awesome. That's awesome. Very good. (laughs) Any, uh, any local favorites that uh, you're very fond of up, uh, up that way? Yeah. So there's actually a really nice gin that I really enjoy out of um, Sundry. Mm. Um, uh, it's Greenwood Distillers. Uh, they have a, a new one that just came out actually called Party Line Gin. It's mm. totally delicious. And then they have a gin called the Three Roundabouts. So I, I don't know if you've ever been to Sundry, but there was right. a road that the everyone complained about people uh, going too fast. Okay. So the the city the council decided that the solution was to put three roundabouts in, and now nice. everyone complains about three roundabouts. Uh, I like it. So that's a very good gin. And, I, and then and I'm, old enough, um, I'm old enough to get the humor behind Party Line. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, so. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. So, no, a really good gin if you're, mm-hmm. try, if you're Edmonton uh, as well. Like yeah. um, the Lone Pine Distillery mm-hmm. is I a saw really, really good website, yeah. They have an Earl Grey gin, which uh, is yeah, delicious. Think, yeah. I'm making notes for my wife here. So. Perfect. Yes. I'm a bourbon guy myself, but. Uh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mind a gin, but it's not. Uh, you can get some bourbon, like barrel aged, like bourbon style mm-hmm. gins yep. now that yep. go well. Um, so any cocktails, well, like an old fashioned, mm-hmm. you can totally make it with the sure. the yep. barrel aged gins. Yep. Can't you give it the same effect yes. with a gin rather than a bourbon? Yeah, yeah. The whole all those spirits, the uh, the the craft side of it is really coming out. Uh, which is yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah the, absolutely. Small, yeah, it's really small good. producers that can. Do small batches and try these things, right? And it uh, makes totally, yeah, experimental uh, one barrel aging, and then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah totally makes, cool. Makes for some interesting drinks for sure. So it does. That's awesome. Anything else you'd like to plug before we uh, we kind of tell folks where they can find info and wrap up? No, uh, the only thing I would say is look out for different things coming. So yeah. obviously, as part of Porkapalooza, we're, we're hoping to do some different things, mm-hmm. um, and maybe some butcher competitions where we have you know, doing other things other than just sausages as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's going to be hopefully some cool stuff coming. Um, we we're only talking today. I said, it'd be yes. good if we had a barbecue competition in the winter, maybe I said, it'd have to be a quick one though. Maybe well, a steak cooking one. They and- did a full KCBS in Regina in November last year. Really? Yes. You see, you can't get much more Alberta than barbecue at minus 40. No. Yeah. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah. We'll see. There should be some interesting things coming. I think the the sausage competition is going to be happening again here okay. in the start of um, October. Okay. Um. So we'll look after that. Uh, out for that, we'll have to get some more teams from Calgary yes. involved as well. I feel uh, with my daughter when she was uh, at Sate, we uh, we got into a little bit of sausage making. So I've got the uh, got the the grinder and the stuffer in the closet here. So. 
Awesome. And also I'm actually work well, hopefully going to be working with some butchers to try and break some um meat records. So potentially at future world butcher challenges, I know myself and another butcher, we can link more sausages than the current Guinness world record uh-huh. for the number okay. of sausages linked in a minute. Okay. So hopefully things like that might be happening yeah, as well some, uh, one day. Yeah. Yes, things like yeah. you know, fun stuff like that gets people interested, right? So it, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Elise, thanks so much for doing this. Uh where can folks find you? Uh social media, website, uh throw those out. Yeah, so I have a, a blog. It's a bit like um it's a bit dusty at the moment. I haven't been there for a while. Um, but there's some really good cocktail recipes on there and some really good recommendations. It's called um Life Without Lemons is mm-hmm. the blog. And then the best place to find me is usually on Instagram. Okay. So it's Elise Chat. Um so Yep. If you Google, if you search Elise the Butcher, I'll usually come up. So oh, as long as you don't mind the odd, very meaty picture, oh, um, then yeah, find me on Instagram. <laughs> Most of my followers are okay with that. So See, barbecue and meat, they Absolutely. go hand in hand. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> last question I ask everybody, uh, and we didn't really talk about you cooking at home as far as grilling and barbecue, but uh, dinner time, you got the grill or smoker, whatever you might have uh, at hand uh, fired up. What's the, uh, what's the go-to for you? Do you know, I actually posted, I think, on my Instagram, my favorite thing to barbecue is venison backstrap. Mm. So I'm lucky that my husband and my son are both hunters and oh, they wonderful. did very well this season. So, Perfect. yeah, a nice venison backstrap on the barbecue, I think, is one of my favorites. Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Elise, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate your time. And uh, if we don't chat, I'm sure we will, but good luck uh, at the World Butchers Challenge. That's exciting. And uh, go Canada. Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. You are listening to Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast, and it is time now for some barbecue news, brought to you by The Barrel Boss Q, a family-owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta, and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it's in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and The Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram and visit them online at BarrelBossQ.ca to see the whole lineup. That's B-A-R-R-E-L-B-O-S-S, the letter Q, dot C-A. Don't forget to tell them you heard about them on the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Friends, we all hear a lot of talk these days on podcasts and on social media about how amazing the barbecue community is, or as I and many others call it from time to time, the barbecue family. I was lucky enough to experience this firsthand this past weekend at the second annual Raleigh View Community Association Pitmasters Dinner. I've been mentioning this event for a while now and had the uh, feature chef Corey Richard from Beer Daddy Barbecue out of Hampton, New Brunswick on the podcast a couple months back. The dinner was put on with the support of many sponsors, including friends of the podcast, Barrel Boss Q. Not only were Kelly and Troy a big part of bringing the event together, they have also fostered their own little barbecue family that stretches from coast to coast here in Canada and also into the United States. The bonds they have forged are so strong that numerous members of the community travel to Edmonton from across Canada and the U.S. to attend and help out at the dinner. 
Some of these folks had met in person before, and most of us were familiar with each other via Instagram and whatnot. But as everyone came together, it was like we'd all been friends for years. Many friendships were forged and strengthened over the last couple of days, and it was pretty darned amazing to be a part of it. My hat goes off to Kelly, Troy, Becky, and all the organizers of the dinner, as well as Corey and his helpers Chris from Junior and the Kid, Eric from Dalton Eats, and more for the amazing meal that was served. Also can't forget Brad from Canadian Drum Smoker and Co., who made the trip from Ontario to MC the event and to wow us all with his wicked moves on the dance floor. Lisa and I had a blast and we can't wait for next year. Moose Knuckle Barbecue will be out in Invermere, BC this weekend, June, next weekend, sorry, June 24th, 26th for the Columbia Valley Smoke Show. It will be a small but quality filled field of competitors. We are looking forward to getting out there for this event and seeing our friends from the competition circuit. The organizers have a lot of exciting stuff planned for the weekend festival around the competition and it should be a great old time. Also coming up on the competition calendar, we have another new event on the calendar. Wayburn, Saskatchewan, July 1st and 2nd. It is the Souris River Smoke Event, a Canadian Barbecue Society sanctioned backyard competition. The following weekend, July 23rd, not the following weekend, but July 23rd and 24th in Lethbridge, Alberta. The second annual Smoke, Wind and Fire competition. Visit www.smokewindandfire.ca for registration info. Also on July 23rd, a backyard event in Niverville, Manitoba. It's the Niverville Smoke Master Barbecue Competition, which is the second event in the Manitoba Backyard Series. You can visit events.eply.com slash NiervilleToy for details on this one. August 6th sees another amateur event just a little northeast of Montreal in saint Perpetu as La Classique La Bonté returns. Sorry about my French, folks. You can search La Classique BBQ La Bonté on Facebook for more info. The weekend of August 13th and 14th brings us out to the East Coast for the Atlantic Canada Championship Barbecue Festival in Clare, Nova Scotia. The website for that one is www.atlanticcanadabbq.com. Also on that weekend in Settel, Quebec, is the Festi Grill de la Côte Nord, a backyard competition. Go to, I'm just going to spell it out, F-E-S-T-I-G-R-I-L-E-S-C-O-T-E-N-O-R-D.com for event info on this event. Festi Grill Côte Nord.com. August 27th and 28th, another second-year event in Alberta. It's the Didsbury Lions Barbecue Competition. Registration is open for this one now at didsburylionsbbq.ca. And I'm excited to announce that Moose Knuckle Barbecue will be back in Didsbury for the second year. Barbecue on the Bow in Calgary is on for September 2nd to 4th. Registration is open at bbqonthebow.com competition is moving to an exciting new location this year be held in northwest calgary at the calgary shriners stables this venue is literally right on the banks of the bow river and it sounds like a wonderful spot for the event and i can't wait for that one the following weekend smoke in the valley out in saskatchewan has upgraded from an amateur competition to a kcbs sanctioned event it will be held in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan at Buffalo Pound Provincial Park the weekend of September 10th and 11th. Visit www.smokethevalley.com. Smokeinthevalley.com. 
three competitions in three consecutive weekends, all within about an eight-hour drive of each other. Going to be a fantastic little stretch for a competition barbecue in Western Canada. I wonder how many teams out here are going to be doing the trifecta. The final event on the calendar for now is the third and final in the Manitoba Backyard Team of the Year series. This one's in Winnipeg at Lux Barbecue on September 17th. Register at events.eply.com backslash L-U-X-E-T-O-Y. And it is, uh, yeah, as I was thinking, sorry, brain fart. Great to see so many events on the calendar already and hope there's more to come. Let me know if I've missed anything and I will be sure to add it to the next update. I'm also always looking for guest ideas for the show, so email me at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com if there is someone you'd like to hear from. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at www.albertabbqtrail.ca where you can check out the listing of barbecue joints here in Alberta and then get on out there and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out to your local barbecue joint and show them some love. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week and keep on smoking.